0: What's the latest buzz surrounding the second overall pick, even the third overall selection? We'll get to all of that today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In the minute, we laugh. We live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That does include YouTube. That is Doug Branston. You can find his work on everyhornetsboxscore.com and I'm Walker Mail. Catch me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. We're getting closer to the NBA draft it's still a ways away though and we just had our first initial wave of takes. The Hornets get the second overall pick. We have a day of grieving I think. how long did it take you to get over seeing them get close like you were much more professional and this has already been confirmed like we've talked about this but you were much more professional live reaction with seeing the Hornets logo on number two but there was it, it was even just that night of grieving and then the next day I was ready to go and I was saying no this is a great thing so so it just took me one night how about you
1: yeah, I mean, I'm older, I'm wiser, mm-hmm. I'm sicker. All I've that. seen... <laughs> <It's ticker. laughs> I've seen too many of these kinds mm-hmm. of things happen for them to hurt. Uh, they still hurt, but they don't hurt as deeply, and they don't hurt for long. I think it helps that I am excited about the prospects of the Hornets drafting Scoot Henderson. I do Same. believe uh, in the hype that he would be a number one overall selection in any other draft. I think Brandon Miller is a very good player as well. So, I mean, even if the Hornets disappoint me somewhat by drafting Scoot, you know, I think the consolation to the consolation prize is still a heck of a prize.
0: So, maybe we can talk about that a little bit later in the week. What happens if Charlotte does go Brandon Miller? Because we've hitched our wagon big time to the other second overall scoot selection wagon. there with Scoot Henderson. Yes, I like the Scoot wagon. That's what we shall call it. So, yeah, you're right about them having another choice here there's also another choice in potentially trading the second overall pick if you wanted to do that
1: (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. you know i want to do that
0: (laughs) i know you do i know you do um i also know you want to talk about a little excerpt from a piece that jake fisher wrote about the second overall pick we're going fishing
1: put it in the water we got a big one
0: yeah yeah we do here's jake fisher talking about this said quote the blazers hold the hottest commodity Charlotte jumping to the second pick up from the fourth best odds brings an interesting dilemma and what some league personnel consider a suboptimal fit between Henderson and incumbent all-star guard Lamelo ball. That could very well lead the Hornets to choose Brandon Miller instead, which could allow Portland to hold a bidding war for teams hoping to acquire Henderson services, or it could allow the Blazers to take one of Henderson or Miller and then gauge the trade value of other pieces on Portland's roster. Doug, you had the same exact question I did with that lead in to the segment, or at least to the excerpt. Why not the Hornets? If the Charlotte Hornets want to hold the bidding war, what say you?
1: Yeah, the reason why they wouldn't hold the bidding war, I guess, is if they were just super in love with one of Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. And then you don't really, you hang up the phone at that point, or you don't, or at least you listen to the offers, but you don't really take them uh, into consideration because you love one of those players. But I think the Hornets are absolutely in the catbird seat at this point. They are unofficially on the clock. They can field as many calls and offers uh, from not only the Portland Trailblazers. If if the Portland Trailblazers want to go scoot um, at this point and reset their entire roster and they're willing to uh, relinquish veteran players uh, and star players, because that's what it would take. It would take, I think, a star, a superstar, or multiple stars and – multiple draft assets maybe one two first round future first round picks I mean the haul that it's going to take to get that second overall pick it's why when people ask about like hey can the Hornets jump up to one like the Panthers did it's it's so difficult to do in the NBA even in a weaker draft year it's difficult to jump up those spots because you have to give up so much uh, in future assets and there aren't as many future assets as there are in like the NFL where you have so many draft rounds, you only have two draft rounds and first rounders are extremely valuable and you have to give up multiple ones to move up. So if Portland were willing to do that, I saw some reporting that the Chicago bulls who don't have a first round pick, if I'm not mistaken, They, they do not. They are attending scoot Henderson's pro day. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen their roster lately, but they've got a couple of stars on their roster. They've got a Zach Levine, a DeMar DeRozan. So Walker, I mean, if they're, if they're offering, and the question would be like, if a team comes along like the Bulls and offers the Hornets multiple star players and says, hey, Hornets, we will jumpstart your playoff ambitions right now, because I think you add Levine and uh, and DeMar DeRozan to this roster, you know, maybe you're ejecting Gordon Hayward at that point. You're ejecting Terry Rozier maybe at that point. But if you sub those guys in, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that does jumpstart the Hornets' playoff ambitions. You know, would that be worth it? In, in in terms of passing up potentially what could be, you know, your future number one option,
0: one hundred percent no, I would not do this. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. If if Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan would make this team a playoff roster. Why weren't they able to do that with the roster they currently play for? That's one question. Now they don't have, we have our ball here. They don't. Although That's right. I, 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 you more. just
1: took my argument. I was going to say this team has LaMelo ball, an amazing facilitator, a star, an all-star in his own right. And you know, now you have a legit big three at that point. Um,
0: Oh, I, you think so? I mean, now, for, relative for, to for, what they've had in the past. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, 100%, but, but that, but that context, I don't know if anybody else would call this a big three because technically Chicago traded for a big three in Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, that has since become the Wendell Carter trade instead of it being the Nikola Vucevic trade. They also have other guys there. It's not like they are completely without depth. They do have Kobe white, who is a solid NBA player. They do have Patrick Williams, who I think took a step up this season. So to me, That doesn't necessarily say, okay, one, they are guaranteed a top six spot, but also Doug, I also don't want to bring on DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. If it means coming at the expense of a guy that would be the number one overall Mm. pick Mm. in many other drafts, like this is the way to do it. This is how you win. If you have Zach, (laughs) if you have skewed Henderson, And then you pair him with LaMelo Ball or even if it's Brandon Miller and he turns out to be at, you know, Chris Middleton high floor to Paul George uh, high ceiling. Whatever of those comparisons you like the best, you go with the second overall pick rather than bringing on Zach Levine's big old contract, which I'm not. You talk about Devin Snooker all the time. I haven't seen Levine's numbers really contribute to winning all that much. I, I don't I'm not trading the number one overall pick for Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I'm not doing it.
1: Yeah, the good news is I don't think we're in a situation where you have a front office that is going to be so desperate to win next season that they would consider something mm-hmm. like this because I think Mitch Kupchak see, sees the exit door at some point. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not as if he's – for example, Rich Cho. You know, Rich Cho, and as he neared the end of his term, you know, he, he could see the writing on the wall and was desperate to try to put something out there that would win to save his job. I don't think that Mitch Kupchak would necessarily be in that situation because this feels like the last job for him anyway. So when it, mm-hmm. whenever it's his time, it's going to be his time, and he has the connections to Michael Jordan. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I think if they they make a trade, it's it's it would be I would say low probability that it happens, uh, but I think there will be options out there, and I think people are going to throw big offers the Hornets way in order to acquire the second pick because I think there are fans of both Miller and Scoot that would like to move up, but they're probably going to make those offers to the third and fourth pick as well and see if maybe they can get a little bit of a discount over what they would have to do to wrangle it away from the Hornets. But if you're talking about, look, if you're talking about Damian Lillard or you're talking about Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and multiple first round picks. Okay. All of a sudden it gets really interesting if you're talking about that. Now, again, if you love Scoot, if you think Scoot is the absolute number one, Hundred percent, you know, going to be a franchise cornerstone piece, then I could see why you wouldn't want to make that trade. But I I think making something like that happen could potentially vault the Hornets into the playoffs much sooner than a Scoot Henderson and certainly a Brandon Miller, who I think is a couple of years away from realizing I, that, that that high floor or high ceiling, I'm, you know, yeah. then I think you have to consider it.
0: Man, to me, that would be, that would scream. We are desperate to be mediocre. That would scream that Doug, that would, that would shout to the rooftops. We are desperate desperate
1: to win a playoff series. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They are desperate to win a playoff series. And
0: and that's, and that's not even at all guaranteed because Chicago did get to the six spot two years ago when Mm -hmm. they were younger and they did have Lonzo, I guess for a little bit, I I don't know how much they had Lonzo to be fair but they got to the sixth spot. And then of course you get bounced by a team that continues to move on. So they didn't win that playoff series. Like th- this is something to where you could possibly hit on a guy that allows you to get to the promised land. Hell, we even talked about this just with trading last year's pick, right? So, you know, a miles Turner who had an awesome year, miles Turner was really good for Indiana this season. Would you have one two, would you have traded Mark Williams with, in hindsight now, right? Like Mark Williams being the guy that looks like he can be the guy for the future, still not a guarantee, but still promising signs. Would you trade him the promise, the low contract for a guy that is on a higher contract now that is established like, Oh, now you just might have Mark Williams. You might have miles Turner younger who is also, you know, could be better, right? Like, I don't know. So yeah,
1: we got to figure that out. Well that, sure. and that, and that's the whole thing though that's hindsight. Yeah, you know, and hindsight uh, gives you gives you a great view. But what we're talking about here with with the draft versus these big deals are a, an element of vast uncertainty, which is the draft. You just don't know how these 19, 20 year olds are going to develop. You don't know if they're going to be stars. This isn't a this isn't a done deal like it was in the 90s where you had these four-year you know, college stars coming out and you're like, yeah, this guy's going to immediately start and immediately have a big impact in the league. And so there's that uncertainty. And then you have the trade options, which do come, I guess, with some uncertainty. You don't know what the chemistry is going to be like. You don't know what the fit is going to be like. You don't know necessarily if it's going to lead to playoffs or playoff success, but there is much more certainty in knowing, like what Zach Levine can and can't do, what Demar Derozan can and can't do, what Damian Lillard can and can't do, and and some of those Damn. players offer you offer your team something that Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. Victor Wibanyama, none of these players can offer you, which is, they know what it's like to play in the playoffs, and that's something that none of the Hornets, they don't know how to play in the playoffs. They don't uh, know what to do. They don't. Even if they got there, even if you you got Scoot and you got there, you don't have any players on your roster that understand what it takes to operate in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Alright, we can uh, talk. We'll have plenty more. trade. I'm sure we'll get some more trade rumors and trade packages to talk about as we approach the draft. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: How much do you trust Mitch Kupchak to get this selection right? We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a fantasy sports app or website where you can pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And they offer projections on really any sport you watch. That includes the NBA, NFL, and MLB, men's and women's college basketball, the WNBA just picking up this weekend, eSports, NASCAR, which also had an awesome North Wilkesboro all-star race this weekend, MMA boxing, so many different other sports. Check it out. Pricepicks.com. Download the price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. You can sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. if you deposit hundred price Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, they give you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 more locked on Hornets coming up next
1: Locked on Hornets Walker sometimes you don't have to have the best package sometimes you just have to have the only package if you wait or this is uh, if my dating life uh, taught me anything sometimes you just have to wait around long enough until you're the only thing remaining and then suddenly you look pretty great in comparison It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: All right, Doug, Mitch Kupchak, the GM of this draft, one more time at least. Now, we talked about this last year where, hey, was he going to be the GM anymore? There were rumblings from Jake Fisher that the contract was running out they might just do the whole we don't renew the contract thing but then he announced yes he did it was a two-year deal so we know that he's at least got one more NBA draft under his belt who knows after that so let's get to the question of how much we trust Mitch Kupchak by going to the sicko satchel the sicko satchel which was allowed which allowed us one kind of question what you got for us Doug
1: Oh, this is from Larry commenting on one of our videos. Larry says, I like this show, but I think Doug and Walker have it wrong again, like last year when they preferred Duran over Williams. Hmm. Mitch has 10 championship rings under his belt as a player and GM. So if he feels Brandon Miller is a better fit for the Hornets, I'm going to ride with him in all caps. Trust the process Exclamation point. Larry mm, that's says. Not going well right now. Yeah. Larry says 100% trust Mitch Walker. What say you? Is it fair to not trust Mitch in a draft situation?
0: Is it fair to. Uh, wait. Is It's fair not to trust Mitch. I, I yeah, guess it, that's well, is fair. It fa-
1: is it fair to, to critique. I guess is it fair to yeah. critique Mitch Kupchak and say, hey, I don't trust this guy 100% to make the right call here.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to to not trust him 100%. I think it is fair to trust him, too. I'll, I'll sit the fence on this one. Like, <laughs> with, with Mitch, you can go to well, you can go to 2018, right? I mean, we, we do the whole draft history. You know, you traded SGA. That was a bad move in hindsight for sure. Miles became a good on-court product, fringe all-star, but clearly you traded an all-NBA player. Ultimately, that has to be a loss. Yes, even with getting Devontae Graham to a second contract. Yes, it's still a loss, even if I don't blame Mitch Kupchak because it's not like he missed on Miles Bridges. I know that's been kind of a conversation point around Mitch sometimes. P.J. Washington, right pick. You do a redraft, P.J.'s going right there where the Hornets selected him as well. You'd go LaMelo, hit. 2021 looks really awful right now. It looks it looks really bad with Kai Jones and James Booknight. That holds a lot of weight because especially when you make two picks in the first round, Doug, and neither one of them at this point have panned out, <clears throat> That's a big miss, and you trade it up once to get one of those guys, and then Mark Williams seems to be a hit. Second round picks have been good, so yeah, like I, I think it's it's fair not to trust him. Twenty twenty one was a bad draft. I don't expect big things. We'll see about Kai Jones. Hopefully, he figures it out. But yeah, I mean, you either side has their argument and pretty big ones too.
1: Larry mentioning the 10 championship rings under his belt as a player in GM, Larry, how many championship rings does he have as a general manager of the Charlotte Hornets? I'll give you a hint. You take the one away from 10 and that's how many it's zero. Okay. Oh, okay. Z- yeah, and how nine? many he how- has nine?
0: Awesome. Oh, those are great. No, 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 those the were, one away good. from the zero. Oh, now you just gotcha. have to zero. Okay. You,
1: come on, it's math. Uh, you know, Stay with me mm-hmm. or Walker right. 10 minus one but, is zero. I forgot. Right. And how about how about playoff wins? How about playoff appearances? I don't need to, get, need yeah. to go to playoff wins. Not even playoff series wins. Not even playoff game wins. Just playoff appearances. Not play in appearances. Playoff appearances. Mm-hmm. How many does Mitch Kupchak have as general manager of the Charlotte Hornets? I, I'll give you a hint. You take the one away from the zero, and that's how, uh, that's how many he has. Zero. So I yeah. think it is absolutely fair to critique the process at this point because we have not seen any fruits – of the process uh so that's that's what i would say number one number two i'm going to reveal a secret to everyone Mm -hmm. including larry so larry if you're listening right now uh we know you like the show we appreciate that so i want you to lean in very closely because i'm about to reveal a secret uh, to you Uh okay you ready you ready Nobody uh, uh, yeah, knows. Nobody, nobody knows how to do this thing. Nobody knows how to do this draft thing. It's all a crapshoot. Oh. Nobody knows what they're doing. It's all, it's all vibes. It's all feelings. Everybody has the same tape. There are no more mysteries anymore. Even these overseas guys, where you know there used to not be a ton of footage on these guys any, anymore. That that's gone away. Everybody knows, uh, you know what the guy can do on the court. It really is all about trying to determine who somebody is as a person. I saw an interesting quote from Mark Williams talking about his uh, experience through this draft process last year. And and he seemed surprised that a lot of the questions that he was getting in interviews with teams were about who he was as a person, like just trying to get to know him. I guess he went in expecting maybe a few more like pop quiz, hot shot. what do you do on this pick and roll situation? And it's like, no, because they've seen you a ton – Uh, Well, not not even as much as they used to see players, I guess, big time, high profile college players, because you got a few years, but at least they have enough tape that they can slow down and analyze. And they've got a lot of math going into this thing now. And so a lot of those things are figured out. But what they don't have figured out, what they'll never figure out is try to determine, okay, if I'm going to invest a second overall pick in a guy, is this someone who can be a number one option? can be someone who can lead my team to the playoffs and possibly lead them to a championship. That's what you can't figure out. And so, Larry, you know, I think we're sitting on – obviously, there's a lot more basketball experience that Mitch Kupchak has, uh, so I'm not going to, like, undervalue that. But at the same time, this there are so many unknowns that it does – democratize this process a little bit and so i think it's more than fair for us to say hey we think this is the guy and if if you don't pick that guy then you know we're, we're going to criticize you for it
0: uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I, and, and I think that's, that's fair you're, and no, because here's yeah. the thing
1: if, if he did have the playoff wins if he did have the, if, if all that were the case i'd be singing a different tune
0: Well, I think what people do is they separate different processes here. If you just go as a GM in general, which is kind of synonymous with the process, in my opinion, right? With everything encompassed, then you might not trust him because you wanted him to pull off bigger trades because you wanted him to make better free agent signings because you didn't want to pay Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, all that money. And you didn't want to trade some of the guys that they did. Like all of that is encompassed in the question of, is he a good GM? Do you trust him to get this draft selection? Right? I think a lot of people separate those at least my timeline tells me that they separate Mitch Kupchak in the draft com- compared to what he does in free agency and some of the acquisitions they make <laughs> mid-season and mid-trade deadline because well,
1: in the draft because in the draft Walker he's forced to do something like he has no other choice he has to go to the podium and submit you know his pick
0: <laughs> well, yeah well then that, that's great like I you know, at least he gets it right in, in some time. Well, look, and you can go to the Lakers too with the Lakers. You see those number two overall picks. Um, I believe he's the one that selected D'Angelo Russell. I know Jaleel Okafor was kind of in the mix there and too. Ingram. That was the right call. And Brandon Ingram, um, Julius Randall, I believe he selected all three of those guys, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I mean, he, he gets, he gets a lot of these guys, right. But he, right. I mean, to me, I, I trust him to get this right. I, I, maybe he drafts Brandon Miller I'll be upset considering that's who I want to go with right now. We'll continue to do the daily podcast thing and say, this is why we like Brandon Miller and we'll look at the positives and all that. But yeah, of course, if he doesn't take the guy that we want, we're not going to be happy with it and criticize it. I mean, and, and the guy is right about one thing. I mean, Mark Williams, even with, even with us trying to say, it doesn't mean we don't like Mark. I was a big fan of Mark last year. I liked Jalen Duran better. But I was a big fan of Mark, and eventually, he absolutely has a case to be the best big man out of this NBA draft. When their career is all said and done, that's still in play. When yeah, we just
1: don't we don't we don't know. Again, we don't. These guys are getting drafted now so young, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. You just don't know how the career is going to turn out. And I'm not even talking about injuries. Obviously, those are a factor as well. Yeah. Those can sideline a career and there's some of that that you can know pre-draft you know you you understand hey this guy has faced these kinds of injuries could possibly re-injure or or provide weakness to other parts of his body but i'm not even talking about that i'm just i'm simply talking about you don't know if this guy has that want it factor uh that's that's something that's unknowable at this point uh you can try to get a good read on it in an interview process and, and from what i read yeah. uh, from gavoni Brandon Miller didn't exactly do a stellar job of answering some of these interview questions that were thrown his way by rival executives, and I think that has to scare you. You know, it's interesting, I think Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson have kind of opposing forces working against them. For Brandon Miller, it's these interview questions and some of the, some of the intangible stuff that you're trying to figure out with players – because I think everybody sees the performances that he had, uh, except for in the tournament, but the regular season performances that he had and the growth in that regular season, and they're excited by that prospect. Where Scoot is answering all the questions the right way, but they're looking at some kind of inconsistent play that he had in that second year. Did he really make much of an improvement from that one year in G League, the second year? You know, That's the kind of stuff they're looking at, and they're going, I don't know. You know, is this guy really going to make a leap? you know, into superstardom. So I think the, the, the weaknesses for both of those players are, tr- are tracking on two different tracks at this point.
0: Yeah, let's touch on that a little bit more. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Doug brought up Jonathan Gavoni, the reports about Brandon Miller in interview process. We'll talk about Portland, them holding the third overall selection, Charlotte with the second. How much is that dictated? And also what's being reported about each of these teams right now. And Miles Bridges, he released a video, but you know maybe a little context is needed too. We try to provide that coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, real quickly, you brought up Jonathan Gavoni and I did want to talk about a report where I guess he was on with Zach Lowe on the low post podcast when he was up there in Chicago for the combine and for the lottery and all of that. He said, what's great about it is the fact that you have so many different people across the NBA that you get to talk to. And he said, the consensus was that Charlotte would select Brandon Miller at number two. He did say himself that now it's way too early in the process that he's not sure that he would call it the consensus. He would later give it in that podcast about a 60, 40 shot. 60% 60% at the Hornets select Brandon Miller, 40 select Scoot Henderson. But we do have to go to last year where Gavoni all the way through was telling us that Orlando was going to draft Jabari Smith. And uh-huh. then, wait, oh, the Vegas odds. They're changing. <laughs> what? B- bon- Bancaro? Orlando's like, yeah, we're, we're going to select. Pa- nobody
1: pa- nobody knows no. anything when it comes. Right. That's
0: what I'm trying to tell we know Larry. Wimby. And I, I, tweeted, I tweeted that out, too. I tweeted that. I was like, remember, this Jabari Smith stuff happened last year. Nobody knows anything. And then people are like, do you think the Hornets could get Wimby? I was like, oh, OK, no, I'm sorry. OK, we do know one thing. We know that Wimby's gonna go to San Antonio. We I do, guess, I, maybe. I, I'll, I'll make I'll make any bet on that. If anybody wants to come at me, I will bet that Wimby will be the number one overall selection. Shave your but, head?
1: Do a little do a little, do a little do a sports w- radio here. You gonna shave your head? Uh
0: yeah, I'll shave my head. I'll <laughs> do whatever, man. I'll do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, that's a bet I can't lose. That that's perfect that usually i have a strict rule against that so many people on radio will do it but yeah that's how confident i am that wimby will be the number one overall pick <laughs> knock on wood barring any legal trouble that's what i'll say so other than that um, okay. but yeah this is what jonathan gavoni was talking about and i will say this too look draft express jonathan gavoni mike schmitz they were the guys that built that website up mm-hmm. well who has the third overall selection the Portland trailblazers mm-hmm. who just got hired to their front office last year. Mike Schmitz oh! who is so anything Gavoni says about Portland is going to have to either be taken seriously, or you're going to have to think about some kind of motive, right? Like I'm not saying anything bad about Gavoni. The dude's doing <laughs> his job. It is a great job at covering all these different athletes. It's a widespread, it's a widespread occupation. You got to pay attention to a whole bunch of different stuff, but I'm just saying like, Let's just, let's just hold on on making any declaration from any of these reports and let's just sit back, let the process play out and see exactly who was announced to come NBA draft night because these things are wrong quite a bit, especially from, you know, certain people that have gotten things wrong before. That's all I'm saying.
1: I love let's Sherlock mail. Like. I love I'm you putting calling. together the pieces yes. for us. Step-by-step step. <laughs> Matt lock mail here, really getting, getting one on Gavoni Gavoni. You're guilty. Yeah, guilty yeah. of bias.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, come on the pod if you want to. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen now. Um, no, I I think you're right, though. We n- No one knows anything about this. And, and I don't care what rival executives think. There's only one executive. Who and the Hornets I, don't leak
0: anything. Right. And they don't, they don't leak. leak anything. That's, uh,
1: that's exactly what I was going to say, is that the Hornets do not leak. Uh, <laughs> so you know, we're going to be left in the dark until it is why though, I think that, you know, you can hear as much as you want to about Miller. And I, in fact, I think the more you hear about Miller leading into this draft, the more confident I get that Scoot Henderson is going to be the pick.
0: Well, Doug, I, I was listening to this too, and I didn't know if anybody else out there kind of jumped back when they heard this as well, but, but Gavoni was talking about how Scoot has not worked out with the Hornets yet. And so if you know anything about Mitch Kupchak, the workouts are a big deal for Mitch. And it's like, wait, they've drafted guys that they didn't work out before. Now I know they brought in Kai Jones for a second time. That was kind of indicative of them selecting a Kai Jones. And that hasn't necessarily been the case here recently. Like they did work out Mark Williams. They did work out Kai Jones. I think James book Knight was also worked out, but remember it was the classic. If they don't bring you in for a workout, they We're going to select you. And I think that might have even been true, even the the before Mitch Kupchak era. I just thought that was a funny comment from Gavoni as well.
1: Well, I think the Hornets are very fortunate that this isn't one of those weird years where a really good franchise that has a lot of history and playoff experience suddenly gets a lottery pick and they're in the running for the third or fourth pick. So, you know, if Scoot wants to angle his way out of Charlotte his next destination is is portland yeah. you know it's, it's it's not like it's la or it's boston or it's new york it's none of these like big markets so i think the hornets benefit from that because there are there are plenty of scenarios that you could cook up where a scoot would avoid a workout with the charlotte hornets or brandon miller would avoid a workout with the charlotte hornets but i think both of these guys would be uh mm-hmm. do want to be the second overall pick and and i think will eventually uh find a way to work out in front of and has
0: and has been very vocal about being able to play off ball that he's just fine. And he said that he'd be able to play with Lamello. So he's cool with that because Portland has the same problem, right? It's just that Charlotte gets to make their decision of whether it affects their draft status or not, whether it affects, you know, scoot or Dame, unless they want to trade Dame and then they've got their own problem. All right, let's get to this last thing real quickly. I know we're over time here. Um, Miles Bridges released a video, Doug. You want to tell the people on a video that Miles Bridges released within the last few days that had people raising an eyebrow?
1: it was on it was on a Snapchat and it was a video that appeared to be Miles Bridges talking to Michael Jordan on FaceTime. And the caption was chopping it up with my guy, just chopping it up. And so obviously interesting timing uh, as we head into uh, his restricted free agency and the potential for Miles Bridges to return to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, it, I think that Miles Bridges would go on to post something else to his Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat, uh, but it, it appears from my research that he posted something else to his Snapchat, a follow-up saying it was an older video, which would track uh, from because <laughs> I think I'm not a CBA expert, uh, but if the owner of a franchise talks to a player who is uh, not. Uh, a part of their franchise during this portion of the off season, who is a free agent, (laughs) that would be some big time tampering, I think. Um, So, you know, the NBA would be interested in knowing if that video uh, were uh, present or past. So I'm just going to assume it was a past video. I think in that same post, Miles Bridges says he doesn't know how that got posted. Uh, it's, you know, it's all just like, what are we doing here? What's, what's happening? Why is he posting this video? What was it really an accident? Was it not? I don't even know how you accidentally post a Snapchat video. None of that makes sense to me. Um, the all again, continued question marks. If, if we know anything about Michael Jordan, he loves having video of himself posted online. yeah (laughs) Loves it.
0: Especially without, that. especially without him knowing, like right, you know, exactly, not just yeah. Without us
1: now, he loves that. So
0: yeah, one hundred percent. No, there's no problem there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just
0: man, Miles Bridges has been for the most part really quiet throughout this process. It's also advised for him to be really quiet. I have to imagine.
1: Just, I feel like his team hasn't been all that quiet though, because we had some some interesting leaks well, around. Loot, yeah. Yeah, we had some interesting leaks around New Year's about, you know, his potential return and, and the Hornets. And then the Hornets had to come out and say, whoa, 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 whoa. And and that seemed to – I don't know if this was confirmed or not, but, I mean, his his team would be the ones that had the incentive to leak that.
0: Yeah, the only thing is we can go back to the Michigan State game Miles was in attendance for. Miles Bridges was the guy that said, yeah, I could return in a couple weeks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it's like him doing this, posting a old video of him and Michael – I don't know how much this affects. I mean, look, I don't know if it affects leverage at all, right? It's it's a video. I'm not sure it has that big of a bearing, but maybe it could have any kind of insight as to what he's thinking. I you do know that he wants to come back from Charlotte, I think. Just anyways, yeah, it's you know some little stuff that's kind of weird with the Miles Bridges. Stuff it's weird. As well. It's
1: it's questionable. I, I think right. you know judgment and character are kind of the two big things that you would, as an organization, want to kind of suss out. You know who Miles Bridges is as a as a player on the court you understand that that's what you you wanted to invest in that before all of this happened uh even mm-hmm. despite some of the uh, other stuff that Kate you know the, the obviously the incident that he had uh leaving the court uh, during the playoff, uh, play-in mm-hmm. loss and then you had the picture of of the lean and and whatever so you had all of that but even through all of that it seemed like the hornets were going to go okay yeah, yeah 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 but we know what he can do on the court and we're going to press on through and, and then you had the felony domestic violence charges, and so to me, again, j- judgment should be the thing on the menu at this point, you know. And and this to me is just a, a, a maybe it's small, but it is an indicator that you know the Hornets should be careful in their evaluation of of yeah. how they want to proceed with the future of Miles Bridges.
0: All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game-to-game game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Lockdown Game-to-Game game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game game on Lockdown NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to compare Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson even more so than we've already done.